Amen. Well, let's look at verse 5 of Romans chapter 8. Look what it says. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I want to kind of pick up uh, where we left off this morning. And uh, this is probably going to be the last sermon I'm going to do on this subject of spiritually discerned, just because when it comes to this subject, you know, there's a million things we could talk about. We can just kind of go on and on with this. But what I'm kind of hoping to do with the message we had this morning and this one is you will now know how to just kind of apply these things in every area. That's kind of, that's kind of the goal, I guess, of these messages. This is to get you thinking, thinking spiritually and to for you to just hopefully these messages have helped you develop some spiritual discernment or showed you how you can start developing your spiritual discernment to get these things right. Because there's a lot of situations, there's a lot of choices, there's a lot of factors, and it's not always real easy to know exactly how to act in a situation and you've got to learn how to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's just absolutely necessary. God gave us that spirit to show us things. And if we, if we ignore it, if we don't learn how to just uh, to, to follow it, we're going to be a mess. We're going to make a lot of big mistakes, and we don't want to do that. So tonight I want to talk about being spiritually minded. Because notice what he said in there. You know, to be carnally minded is death. Hey, when you have that... You know, you're thinking from the flesh and with the carnal mind, and we've got both. We've got the carnal mind as Christians, and we've got the spiritual mind. And we've got to learn how to use that spiritual mind. We've got to learn how to be successful in discerning the spiritual things. And it's going to help if that's just our mindset. Because often the way people look at things, it's determined by their mindset. If you're just a kind of a doom and gloom type of person, it shows in every area of your life. You know, there's a difference between the pessimist and the optimist. You know, there's a difference between the person who thinks they're a victim and who's been taught they're a victim. Okay, if you've been raised with a victim mentality, I feel sorry for you. You are very much less likely or unlikely to succeed because you go into everything thinking the world's against you. You know, we've got all these minorities out there right now thinking they're victims. And unfortunately, these people are not being helped because they're being told by politicians and society that you're victims and everyone's against you, and that's a mindset they have going in, and they don't know how to overcome. Because the truth is, even if some things are against you, you can't always depend on the government to fix everything for you. You know what you got to learn how to do? you got to learn how to overcome. And so if you've got this defeatist mindset that everyone's against me, and I haven't got a chance, you're just going to fail. That's going to affect everything. And if you have a carnal mind... You're always going to be going towards the things of the flesh and you're going to get out of line and get out of the will of God. But if you have a spiritual mind, if that's your way of thinking, if that's your mindset, you're going to act spiritually and you are going to operate and you're going to act in the spirit. So we've got to get this mindset and this takes work. So you're not just going to turn this on. And like we talked about this morning, it's a daily thing that we've got to work on. So how we respond and how we are affected, especially by difficulties, is often determined on whether or not we are spiritually minded or carnally minded. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 8. And I think what we're going to, you know, this, a lot of the things we're going to see here, it's definitely, it's going to be real easy for us to apply because of the time that we are living in now, you know, with 2020, all right, that will be always remembered in history as just a terrible year, all right? I, I think you know, we'll be telling our kids we were there in 2020, you know, when uh, history is talking about it. And uh, I saw, you know, 
it's amazing the things that weren't that long ago, like when you could just go to a restaurant when you didn't have to wear a mask and feel like a criminal for not wearing a mask. You used to feel like a criminal if you wore a mask. <laughs> now you feel like a criminal if you're not wearing a mask. You know, I saw a meme somebody did. They remember back when racism was so rare that, you know, Jesse Small had to pay black guys to commit a hate crime against him. That, was only, that wasn't that long ago. And some of you might remember that, that whole story. But look what it says in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 8. Paul speaking says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Now notice how every one of his responses to the physical challenges were opposite of how our flesh would typically respond. Okay? You and I, if we're troubled, we get distressed. Man, I got problems going on right now. You know, I'm distressed. You know, we're, you know, we're, uh, we're perplexed, but not in despair. I don't know what to do. Okay, when we're like that, you know what? We panic, don't we? Hey, how am I supposed to operate in this situation? Persecuted. You know, when we get persecuted, instead of leaping for joy like the Bible says, we often act like, Lord, what's going on? Why am I having these problems? I gave my tithe this week. You know, I went to church. I went soul winning. Why am I having problems? That's the attitude that we have cast down but not destroyed. I got knocked down. It's over. I'm done for. That's the way our flesh typically responds, but the Apostle Paul says that's not how we are. That was not his attitude. Why? No, and, and how, isn't it interesting, okay? If Paul is not feeling these things, then why is it every one of these things that he mentioned are the things that you and I always feel when we're in these situations? What made him know to bring those things up? You know why? Because Paul had the same flesh that you and I do. Paul was made out of the same flesh that we are, so he knew, okay? You know why? Because even though he was not distressed, his body was telling him, you should be distressed right now. Hey, you're, you're, his, even though he was not destroyed, the Apostle Paul's flesh was telling him, hey, you've been cast down, you're done, you're destroyed. His flesh was telling him all the same things that our flesh tells us, but the Apostle Paul was not looking at it that way. He was looking at these things through spiritual eyes, and that needs to be our attitude too. Hey, you know what? We're in, we're in difficult times right now, but not bother, it's not bothering us. So what's bothering me? Well, yeah, physically, it's bothering all of us. Okay, I, I get it. I, I get it, man. If you watch the news and you just get a pit in your stomach and you or you just get angry, hey, I get it. I, I understand why you feel that way. I understand some concerns that you might have, but understand when we when we're looking at these things that way, we're looking at it with carnal eyes. We're looking at it with a carnal mind. And if you have a, you do not want to have a carnal mind during times like this. That's that's the last time we don't want to have it any time, but especially during times like this. And the Apostle Paul he had the opposite. You see, the spiritually minded man is focused on the spiritual benefit over the physical benefit. Look what he says in verse 10. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. So the Apostle Paul, he was more focused on the spiritual outcome rather than the physical. See, while Paul's in a terrible physical place, 
great things are happening spiritually as a result of it. And so since Paul had a spiritual mind, since his focus was on spiritual things, he's like, you know what? We got a physical mess right now that we're in. We're being persecuted. We've got all these things going on. But these things that we're going through, it's getting people's attention and more people are hearing the gospel. Well, if your focus is on getting people the gospel, then this is a win, right? And if our focus is on getting people thinking about the things of God, then shouldn't this be a win for us, what's going on in our world right now? Shouldn't all the chaos and everything that's happening, shouldn't that be a win for us spiritually? I mean, we've been talking about the coming tribulation for years, and people, they hear those things, and I, I don't think there's anything to that. That's never going to happen. Well, you know what? I'll bet they'll believe it now. I'll bet they'll believe it now. You know, we've been talking about the mark of the beast for a long time, about how one of these days we're all going to be required to get a mark in our right hand or our forehead. We're not going to be able to buy or sell anything without it. We've been talking about that for a long time, telling people, you better get ready. That day's coming. And, and you know, people, they scoff at that. But you know what? Now they're hearing more and more about these microchips. Now they're hearing more about forced vaccines. They're hearing about all these different things you know, that people are going to need to be required to do if they want to buy or sell, if they want to be able to go to work, if they want to be able to send their kids to the public schools. they got to do all these things. I mean, people, you know they're more likely to believe that now? Isn't that a win for us? Isn't that a bonus for us? And so if we're focused on spiritual, if I'm focused on the physical, man, this is terrible time for our finances. This is a terrible time when it, for, when it comes to the economy. This is a terrible time when it comes to our nation. Folks, let's just be real. Our country's going down the toilet right now. It's not good what's happening in our nation with the loss of freedoms, with the shredding of the Constitution. This is horrible stuff. But do you not see where this can't be a win for us spiritually? Do we not see in the Bible that, and throughout history that when the Christians have been persecuted, that's when they thrive the most? And have we not seen in history when there is no persecution, that's when Christians get lukewarm and lame and pathetic? Have we not been wanting a revival of Christianity in the United States? Have we not been praying for movement in the IFB movement? And folks, we're seeing it. We're seeing movement in the IFB movement. We've seen a lot of good things there. There's a lot of spiritual benefits. And so that, that if, if we're going to get through times like this, that needs to be the mindset that we have. That was the Apostle Paul's mindset. So, you know, even though he had... You know, he was being beaten, even though he's going through physical things. He's like, you know what? The, the life of Jesus is being made manifest in our body. Jesus Christ is being preached, you know, because maybe, you know, I don't know what all went on in his life, but I imagine with all the things that the Apostle Paul went through, all the times he was beaten, all the, you know, being stoned, you know, uh, beaten with rods and all these things. I imagine the Apostle Paul had quite a few marks on his body. And scars. And I wonder how many times maybe some young people out and about together, maybe a group of teenagers or something, sees this guy walking around all beat up. Hey, what happened to you? Man, all I was doing was preaching. About what? About Jesus Christ. Well, what were you saying? You know, you know that's going to get people's attention right there? You know, if, if they took us out in the middle of the town square, if I got taken out in the middle of the town square and I got beaten... You know what everybody's going to wonder? What did he do? If I got beat for preaching the gospel, he was preaching. 
Well, you know whatever he's going to say? What was he preaching about? And you know what they're all going to do? They're all going to go and say, hey, I want to hear what he was preaching about. I want to hear what got him in that kind of trouble. And so while it's not a good day for me, physically getting beat up, if my goal, if my focus is on reaching as many people as possible, getting the gospel to as many people as possible, you know that's a good day right there? That's a great accomplishment right there. You know, Do you think it was a good day or a good week for Pastor Shiflet when he's getting hammered by the government in Dundalk where they're giving him fines and things? You know, that wasn't a good thing for him. But all of a sudden when he stands up against that and he's on national news, you know how many people are probably checking out his preaching right now and looking up his church? You know how many people are probably hearing the gospel? You know how many people got to hear him pray on the Alex Jones show? So like, all, even though bad stuff happened to their church, did it not? was there not great spiritual benefit as a result of that? I mean, you know how many churches are out there now that I've never heard of before? Now I've heard of them because they got persecuted. They got Pastor Char, uh, you know, Charles Hamilton that was being persecuted down south. You know, you had uh, Pastor Courtney Lewis that was being persecuted just in Chicago. I didn't know who these guys were before this type of thing happened. But you know what? I know who they are now. And a lot of other people know who they are, too. People who weren't interested in church, people who weren't interested in the things of God, they're finding out about these people. And yes, a whole bunch of people are mad at them, too. You know, they all now have a whole bunch of haters. But y'all realize that all those people that hate them already hated everything about Christianity? They already hated everything about it. So while, yes, they personally now are going to have a lot more enemies, there's a lot of people, though, that aren't haters of God that are now hearing them that wouldn't have heard them before. You know how many people there are, even to some of the you know, persecution we got last year from the queers. And, you know, that was a year ago. It was a year ago. We were at the Mass. I just saw that day, a year ago. And you know how many, you know, we got a lot of persecutors from that. But you know, everyone that hates me because of what I preach already hated God and Christianity anyway. But thanks to their publicity, there's a lot of people that weren't too fond of the homos already. They heard about this guy saying all this crazy stuff that kind of agrees with them. Like, you know what? I'm going to go see what he has to say. I want to go listen to some of his preaching. You know, so we see that while there was physical persecution, spiritually there was a benefit wasn't there so if you're and, and so if your mindset is on the physical on the carnal things like that are going to just destroy you they're going to get you down they're going to make you give up but if you're thinking spiritually you're going to be happy and so as christians we should be hopeful during a national crisis hoping this is going to get people to turn to god and you know and I'll admit it, I'm not seeing a I've not seen a lot of it I'm not seeing our nation turn to god right now but that doesn't mean there haven't been some. You know, there, there have been some. There are some people paying a little more attention right now, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the opportunities that this crisis has provided. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that. You know, so we know all of this, all this bad stuff is worth it if it brings people closer to Christ. You say, but yeah, man, this is going to set us back financially as a nation. Years. Yeah, but you know, what is a man profit if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? If we get more souls, isn't it worth it? Now, listen, I don't want. This is where I think some people have kind of missed the boat on this thing. Yes, when bad things come, there is a spiritual benefit. Y'all understand that? When Christians get persecuted, Christianity tends to thrive historically. Okay, 
Now, here's where a lot of people are making a mistake. Is they are cheering on evil doing because of the spiritual benefit. No, that's wrong. Because let me tell you something. It is, you know, while if we get cheated financially, if we get persecuted, if we have bad things happen to us, you know, that hurts, doesn't it? It hurts. It's, it's hard to deal with. It's hard to get through things like that mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And the last thing we need when we're being persecuted and things like that are Christians cheering on the evildoers. Okay? So, for example, if the government were to start, and they didn't, thankfully, but if they, or if they were to start coming after our church, you know, while that would probably spiritually benefit our church, okay, I think it probably would, you know what? We don't need other Christians out there cheering the government on, saying, you should shut your church down. You should go along with the government. You know, I mean, why, you know, why do you guys care that they're crashing the economy? You know, it's only money. You know, that's, you know, that's a stupid attitude. We don't cheer on evildoing. You understand that? Even if there's a spiritual benefit that comes from it, you realize that's God doing good in spite of bad things. But we never cheer on bad things. Y'all need to get that in your head. Some people can't figure that. Some people, they're so spiritually minded in their mind that they cheer on evildoing. We don't do that. That's not our attitude. That's not going to help people out because as Christians, we should be a voice for good. We should be a voice for justice and that which is right. And so when we see evil going on, when we see our country doing all the wicked things that they're doing, you know what we're not going to do? We're not going to sit silent or especially we're not going to cheer them on. But at the same time, while we're going to be a voice of right and justice and, and try to be an influence for good, we will take advantage of the spiritual opportunity that comes as a result at the same time. So we need to get that balance there. A lot of people kind of miss the boat on that thing, and it's too bad. So verse 11 says, For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So us experiencing things like Christ's experience will help us get to know him better. Okay? Remember what Paul said, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. When we experience things like Jesus experienced, we get to know Jesus a little bit better. Isn't that, isn't that one of our goals as a Christian? I mean, if I said, and he, you know, and don't raise your hand, but if I said, who in here wants to be more like Christ? Well, you know, you don't just get to turn that on. Sometimes it's, thing, it's situations and things that happen. Do you realize if you were to suffer like Christ did, you're going to become more like him. You're going to be able to relate with him better. You're going to understand him better. You're going to understand his word better. You're going to understand some of the promises of his word better. When you're going through difficult times and you face difficulties and hardships, you're going to all of a sudden have a greater understanding of that verse that says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You know, it's amazing how many things that the Lord is, you know, things that I knew in my head, scriptures that I knew, that, but maybe I really knew them. I really knew these things after I experienced them. It's amazing the different things in life that the Lord teaches and, and the ways he done, and you know, and we've all got stories like that. You know, just this week I was listening to my uh, this one one song that I've decided this is my favorite song in the world. It's, it's one my wife and I sing a lot. He will be exalted. I, I've officially declared that song this week my favorite song in the world. He will be exalted by Ron Hamilton. 
I love that song. Now, I, I'd heard that song for years, but it was several years ago. I, 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 don't, I don't remember all the details of what was going on, but uh, there was, you know, bad stuff happening in the world. I'm hearing bad stuff on the news, and I remember just kind of having this attitude. It's like, the world's winning. That was just kind of the attitude I had. And I was listening to that song, and in that song, it talks about uh, how Jesus Christ, when he came to earth, you know, the king of heaven left his rightful place on heaven's throne. He came to Calvary where he suffered all alone. It talks about how at his first coming, it was a very humble coming, wasn't it? But it says, uh, though men reject him, Christ alone shall reign supreme at last. All his enemies shall wither like the grass. And I got... and. and I just got a hold of something when thinking about that song that, you know, when Jesus came that first time, it was very humble. He got defeated on that cross. And even though he defeated death and he resurrected from the dead, the world didn't really see it for the most part. I mean, the disciples saw it, many Christians saw it. But at the end of the day, the world didn't get their comeuppance then, did they? But they're going to one of these days. And I just, I, I don't know how to explain it, but I just got a hold of something that day that said, you know what? You know, I'm a competitive person. I want to win. Okay? I want to win really bad, and I don't like losing, and I don't even like when I'm behind. Okay? And I, I got a hold of something that day that just convinced me in my heart that no matter what, we win. No matter what, no matter what happens to me on this earth, if we could get ruined financially, we could get run out of this town. We could be killed. But we win. We win because it doesn't matter where you are in the eighth inning. It matters where it is in the, at the end of the ninth inning. That's what really matters. And so even though one of these days I might get killed, I'm going to rise again from the dead one of these days. And I know that because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And so at the end of the day... We all are going to win. And when I got a hold of that, it just, it gave me a great deal of confidence. And all of a sudden, I, you know, I, and I, every time I think about that song, I almost, I kind of glory in defeat. And not so much in defeat, but in losing. And folks, in many ways, we're losing right now in this country. Okay? Man, our world is getting, I mean, more and more hostile to Christianity. Our government is getting more and more against Christianity. If you know, I'm scared to death to even hear any conspiracy theories now because normally I don't believe them that much. But I'm to the point now, I believe any conspiracy theory. I believe anything that you tell me. And you know, I've always been especially uh, skeptical during election years because every election year there's a conspiracy that the president's going to commit. Uh, he's going to pronounce martial law. There's not going to be any elections. Every election year that happens. And every, you know, they say that, but it never does happen. I'll believe it this year. Okay? You send me a YouTube video saying Trump's going to be declaring martial law and going to suspend election. I'll believe it. You know why? Because if in January you would have told me that the government is going to tell all the churches that they have to shut down. And then if you would have told me when they tell the church, say the church is going to have to shut down, everybody's going to go along with it. I'd be like, you are crazy. And not only that, they're going to tell which businesses can stay open and which businesses can't stay open. They're going to declare people essential and non-essential. They're going to have a stay-at-home order. There's going to be people fighting over toilet paper. 
There's going to be lines in the grocery store. We're going to have to do a thing called social distancing, and they're going to make people wear masks. If you would have told me that, I said, listen, you tinfoil hat-wearing clown. Why in the world do you watch these things? I would have laughed at you in February. I would have laughed at you if you'd have said that. But look at where we're at. And so when we, you know, and so there's been many times in these last few months where I'm just looking around. It's like, you know what? We're getting our rear ends kicked right now. But at the same time, we're going to win this thing. Man, when, when I see Pritzker getting away with the junk he's getting away with, you just feel like sometimes you're losing a little bit. But you know what? I think about that song, and it's like, you know, I remember how Jesus came the first time, and I know how he's going to come the second time. We're with him then. Pritzker's going to lose. Okay? John Roberts, again, in the Supreme Court, just voted with the liberal judges again, against the churches, against religion. And it just made me sick when I heard that. And it just, I felt a defeated attitude. But then I was reminded, you know what? It's not over with that. It didn't end. It doesn't end with any of these things. It never ends with that. You know where it ends? It ends with Jesus Christ coming back on a white horse and taking it to these people. And we're with them. We're going to win this thing. And folks, it's, it's circumstances in life that often help us get a hold of these truths so we can get through these times. And so when I see things coming, I, and I do, I've got to keep a balance because while I'm anxious for Armageddon, while I'm anxious for these things, at the same time, too, I'm not going to cheer on the destruction of the world. Okay? I will always stand against the rebuilding of the third temple because I know what they're going to do with it. But folks, it's going to happen. But I'm going to be standing against it the whole time. Somebody just sent me an email. I haven't read the whole thing yet, but they saw one of my things on the Temple Mount and everything, and they said they were thrilled to see how anxious I am for the temple to be built for God's people. And I'm like, you missed something here. Right, that, I'm, not, you know, I'm not promoting that. I'm not looking forward to that. Christians who give to the Temple Mount Institute have been duped, and they shouldn't do it. You know, but I don't know where this guy got that idea. I need to go read the rest of that email. It was, it was a real long one, but... He watched some of my videos on that. I was like, no, you, you missed the boat somewhere. Yeah, I, I don't want that at all. But it is going to happen. And folks, when that happens, when they, and our, our country will support it, our president will support it. I mean, President Trump, he loves the Jews more than anybody. Just ask him. Okay? When they decide, okay, if, if, they, if they start pushing to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem, I will stand against it. And you know, we might win, but it'll eventually happen. But you know what? If we lose, okay, you realize that will be a loss. That will be a bad thing for us. That will be closer to them coming after us. But you know, when we lose that battle, you know what that's just going to tell me? We're just that much closer to the win. Yeah, that's a big loss. That They're setting that thing up for the Antichrist, and he's going to hate us. And he is going to make war with us. And he is going to overcome us. But then we will overcome him with the blood of the Lamb. At the end of the day, we win. And it's, it's circumstances in life. It's that spiritual mind that gets, that gets us through these things. And so when that happens, I hope the attitude here, whenever we lose and we're being mowed down and we're being killed, you know what? I hope we still have an attitude of we win. We're victors because we know it's not done when we see one of our fellow Christians and one of our brothers or sisters fall physically and be killed. 
you know what? We're not going to have an attitude they lost. We're going to have an attitude that they won. You know why? Because they didn't bow the knee and they loved not their life unto the death. They won. When we see any brother or sister in Christ, even if it's in another country and they're persecuted for their faith and they're killed, they didn't lose. They won. He said, but they're dead for now. For now. But they're going to get up. They're coming back and they're going to win. We need to have this. This needs to be our thinking because we're getting closer to the time when we're going to need this kind of thinking. And so us going through things, us experiencing things like Christ's experience is going to help us to get to know him better. And like I said, there's a difference between knowing something and getting a hold of it. Some of you all know that we're going to win in the end. You all know that. If I ask, hey, who's going to win in the end? You're going to say, us. Jesus Christ. But some of you, you haven't really gotten a hold of that yet. And you need to get a hold of that. That needs to become real to you. And and it's going to be different things. So there's, uh, I, I, there, there's a lot of different things that the Lord has just, through different circumstances in life and different things I've experienced, has helped me really get a hold of a passage of Scripture. And uh, I, I'm thankful for that. So look what it says in 2 Corinthians 4.12. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. So the spiritually man, spiritually minded man, is more concerned about the gain of others than their own gain. So he's like, look, death's working in us, but life in you. See, the, the dying, the suffering, all that they were going through, again, it was furthering the gospel. So this was, this was a benefit to everyone else, okay? Uh, the persecution of our church is, in many ways, a benefit to the community. Why? Because when nothing's happening here, you know, we're just another church in town, aren't we? But when news gets out about us, even if it's negative news, a lot of people are going to hear it that wouldn't have paid any attention to us. A lot of people just think we're just another church. There's so many churches out here, there's just another church. Okay? But you know what? You don't hear them talking the way they do about every other church like they do ours. So when they hear that stuff, all of a sudden now, people are going to be paying attention and it's going to do great spiritual good. Yes, again, every time spiritual good happens, we're going to gain more haters. So some hate's going to be directed at us, but we didn't, we haven't made one person hate Christ. Do you know that? Do you know our stand against the queers hasn't made one person hate Christ? There's not one person out there that love religion, love the Lord, you know, love the things of God, and then they heard me preach a sermon against the homeless. Like, I now hate all of it. That, ha that hasn't happened to one person. But all those people that already hated God, crying about us, trying to get everybody angry at us, has caused a lot of people to listen to what we're saying and be like, you know, that makes sense. That wouldn't have, that wouldn't have heard this had it not been for them. So he said, Pastor, do you, you want them attacking us? I never invite attacks, okay? I don't like to provoke it. I don't want to do anything like that. But this, there are spiritual benefits to it. But physically, it could be a pain in the neck. You know, physically, you know, they hurt. They, you know, they, they make our internet presence look bad. You know, but hey, at least we got a presence. You know, and, you know, they, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're going to make people think negative about, uh, you know, negative in the community against us. And people in town are going to say bad stuff about us. Well, but at least they're actually talking about us. And they're not talking about any other church around here. So we got to look at the spiritual things. So in verse 13, Paul said, We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, 
and therefore have I spoken, we also believe and therefore speak. So, you know, we have, we, if we have the mind of Christ, we will be okay with suffering loss if it means the spiritual gain of others. Because isn't that, wasn't that Jesus' attitude? Remember what Paul said in Philippians? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. And what did Jesus do? He humbled himself. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Who got the benefit from that? Us, 100%. Okay, What did Jesus get out of it? Us. What did we get? Jesus. Okay, Who's the beneficiary there? Okay, We're the ones who are benefiting in this situation, not Jesus Christ. And so, shouldn't we have the same kind of attitude? Most people, when they go, a lot of people, when they go into Christianity, they get into church, they get into Christianity thinking, what will I get out of it? You know, these people seem like they have their lives together. They seem pretty happy. You know, maybe if I go to church, I'll get blessed, I'll have money, I'll have a great family, I'll have all these wonderful things that everybody else has. And then all of a sudden, they get some persecution, and they're like, what's going on? This is what I expected. They have hard times, they have financial difficulties, not realizing that Christians have many of the same problems, if not all the same problems, that the world does. It's just that they have a spiritual mind, so they don't let those things get them down. Those things don't defeat them. All right? Christians have financial problems. <clears throat> Trust me. Okay? I mean, our whole married life, we've been singing about how we have no money. We sing about it. Why? If we don't get any money complaining about it, might as well get a good song out of the deal. You know, we, you know, we might as well have some fun with it. Might as well have a good time with it. You know, that's, that's kind of our attitude. But, say, but man, you know, all the things that you'll never be able to do if you don't have money. Well, you know what? I'll do them in the millennium because I'll have plenty then. We'll inherit the earth then. That's the spiritual mind talking. You know, and, but if you have, if you have that, Carnal mind, it's like, you know what? I'm almost 40. I'm probably halfway through my life. And I haven't done this. I haven't done that. That's the attitude that you can, you can have. But when you have a spiritual mind, it's like, I've got eternity to do all that stuff. I mean, I've got eternity to see the world. I've got eternity to just do all the things that, uh, you know, a person in this world would want to do. And I'll have all the money. I don't even need to worry about money. I'll have it all. I'm, a, I'm going to be a joint heir with Christ. And so if I'm a joint heir with Christ, then, and everything's his, you know what that means? Everything's mine. But i got to have a spiritual mind to enjoy the benefits of that. And so that's why as Christians, even though we have physical problems, we get sick too, don't we? But yet, you know, we have the peace that God's going to take care of us. We have a spiritual mindset, so these things don't always get stuck. Sometimes they do. If we get in the flesh, if we have the carnal mind, those things will definitely get you down. But we need to have that mind of Christ and be thinking about the benefits of, of others. So the spiritually minded man, he's focused on the end of the thing more than the here and now. He says in 4.14, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. So the Apostle Paul, since he served Jesus whom the Lord raised up, Paul knew God's going to raise us up one of these days. So Paul knew in the end, he's getting back up. Okay, yeah, probably going to be in prison again here pretty soon. Paul often was writing from prison. Yeah, the time of my departure is at hand. But you know, Paul knew, I'm not done. 
It's, it's not over. This, this isn't the end of the thing. It was Paul said to be absent from the body to be present with the Lord. The Apostle Paul realized, because he had a spiritual mind, that for me to depart and be with the Lord is far better. But the Apostle Paul, he was like, but you know what? It's more needful for you if I stay here. So you know what? I guess I'll stay here if that's what the Lord wants. But Paul was cool with going. He would have been totally fine when he's writing the book of Philippians if they just took him right then and there and killed him. He's like, good, my work's done. But he was, you could, you could almost see in the book of Philippians when he's kind of praying there and talking to these people that he just, he just, it's like he had this attitude. All right, I'm praying that the Lord's going to get us out of prison, but I kind of hope he doesn't answer the prayer. <laughs> but I got a feeling he's probably going to. And, and God did. And God did. And Paul was fine with that. He was, whatever God needs me to do, that means I got to get my head cut off right now. That's fine. If it means I got to stay in prison a little longer, that's fine. If it means I get my freedom back and I'm able to go back and do the work of the Lord, that's fine too, whatever God wants. That was Paul's mentality. And so it is, it's a great day when you get a hold of the fact that no matter what happens, we win. So the spiritually minded man, he is able to thrive in physically difficult times. It says in verse 15, for all things are for your sake that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound unto the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. What's he saying there? He says that the outward man perish. He's like, man, we're dying physically. Physically, we are in trouble. But you know what? Spiritually, we're doing great. Spiritually, everything's wonderful. Man, we're renewed Day by day. The Apostle Paul, while he's suffering, man, he's probably going to get another beating or get more time in his prison sentence or something. That is a physical defeat, but he's just got this attitude. Man, you know what? That's just going to accomplish more. And you know what? we do? Our church, we get attacked all the time by the online people and stuff. And every time that happens, you know, while it stinks in some ways and it's a pain in the neck and i got to take the phone off the hook again and things like that, while that kind of stinks and there's some physical you know, annoyance that comes from that, I always know this is just going to help us get the word out even more. This is just going, we're, we're just going to be able to accomplish more. That's how it is with any type of persecution, and that needs to be the attitude that we have. And so, and, and I even feel bad bringing these things up when we're talking about the Apostle Paul, because he's saying, literally, our outward man perishes. You know, anything, any attacks that we've ever had our way have not been physical. They've, they've been more spiritual attacks and that cause us to faint in our mind. Okay? And, and, we're, uh, and the Apostle Paul talked a lot about that. But look what it says in verse 17. It says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen, are eternal. So the spiritually minded man, he stays focused on the eternal. Not the temporary. Okay, Your money is temporary. Okay? I get that. Hey, lay up your treasures in heaven. Money on earth is temporary. Okay? I'm not so spiritual that I'm going to like, you know, cheer the government on when they steal more of your money. Okay? But if something happens and you lose some money and things happen, you lose a job, that's bad, it's an injustice, but understand, you know what? Trust in the Lord. As long as you're in the will of God, you're going to be fine. He's going to take care of you. Focus on the eternal. These are the things you need to do. And some people, though, they, they, can, they just can't seem to get over many times past failures or wrongs that have been done to them. And, man, 
you know, you're going to have wrongs done in your life. You know, and but we've got to learn to just move on from these things. You know, there's, uh, you know, when I think about just some of the junk that's gone on this year by our government, it's just like I don't want to forget about it. You know, it's like I want to remember and I want to hold these people accountable and you know see if if they're still alive. When Jesus Christ returns and we come back, if I can't take care of some of these people, they're still standing that, you know, done me wrong. You know, that's kind of the attitude we have sometimes. But, you know, the truth is we need to learn to just, we, we need to learn to move on. And we need to focus on the eternal, okay? You know, your, and, and your past failures that sometimes the devil likes to bring up to get you down, you know what, those things are temporary. You know, those things are over. Your failures that you've done, those things are in the past. So if you're still here, you can still do things that are for eternity. Or the eternal, that needs to be your attitude. So, when we are in the flesh, we talk. About, we mentioned this morning, we cannot please God. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. Our decisions that we make in the flesh are always going to lead to trouble, and that's why we've got to learn how to deny the flesh, stay focused on the things of God. Because when we have the spiritual mind, we will naturally do things that are right, even if we don't know the scripture. Even if you don't have the scripture memorized, if you are, if you have a spiritual mind, if you learn how to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, if you have to have that scripture get through it, you know what? He'll bring it to your mind. He'll help you remember it. Assuming you've actually read it. Assuming you've actually studied it. Don't think the Holy Spirit's just going to give you everything that's in the Bible. You know, when you've never even read it. When you've not, you know, you're not listening to preaching, you're not studying, you, you know, say, so I'm not good at remembering things. Just get in there. Do what you've been told to do. Read it. Study it. Do the best you can to memorize things. And if you do that, if you do the very best you can, if you really need a verse someday, I think the Holy Spirit's going to help you remember. I've been I've been there before when I've been out soloing, and all of a sudden I'm I'm like recalling and quoting verses I didn't know I had memorized. That's happened many times before. It goes God does that kind of thing, and I'm afraid that as as Christians we we often get where we. You know, we're just, we like to be very self-reliant, and that's not good as Christians. We need to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. We need to understand just how uh, you know foolish or how uh, little. I mean, we, without Him, we can do nothing. We need to realize without the Holy Spirit, don't let the charismatics scare you away from talking about the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit. No, we need the moving of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit in our church services. You need the Holy Spirit with you when you're out there soloing. You need the Holy Spirit with you when you're reading your Bible, when you're at work, when you're making decisions. All these things, you need the Holy Spirit in your life because there's a lot of decisions to make and we're not going to get these things down by just memorizing facts. If that were the case, the, most, the best Christians in the world would be the smartest ones who have the most Bible memorized. But there's a lot of people that have a lot of Bible memorized but do a lot of bad stuff and a lot of dumb stuff. You know why? Because they're not walking in the Spirit. And we've got to learn how to develop this in our life as Christians. And I, and I, I think this is lacking big time with a lot of Christians today. And a lot of people, too, that listen to, listen to the preaching of this church and other churches, they're learning facts all the time. I've seen, I see so many people that have a great deal of knowledge and know the biblical facts, but yet there's terrible Christians. They're horrible testimonies. They're just even bad people. You know how many people that, that go to church, consider themselves Christian, consider themselves new IV, but they are terrible people. And it's like, how can that be? 
You know what? They're not following the leading of the Holy Spirit. They know so much Bible, yet they can't figure out how to apply it correctly ever. They do so much damage even while quoting Scripture. It's amazing how many people tear people apart and do spiritual damage with Scripture. How do you do that? I'll tell you, you do it in the flesh. Everything we do in the flesh is going to get us in trouble. And if you don't have some spiritual discernment, I don't care what you learn. I don't care how much stuff you know. I don't care how talented you are and how good you are at speaking. All these things you have going for you. If you don't have spiritual discernment, you're going to mess up big time and you're going to fall flat on your face. You're going to do one dumb thing after another. You're not going to get any victory in your life. You're going to know all the verses when it comes to spanking your kids. You're going to know all the Bible verses on child discipline, yet you're going to fail in disciplining your kids because you don't have the discernment about when to do it and how to do it and how to do these things in love. You have nothing guiding you except the rule written on your chalkboard somewhere. You're going to know all the verses about the husband and the wife relationship, yet you're not going to know how to apply these things. You're not going to go when to do you're not going to know when to keep your mouth shut. You're, as a husband, you're not going to know, know when to lead and when to put your foot down. You're not going to know these things because you have no spiritual discernment. We've got to have these things. And there's too many people out there. It's just always they've got a verse, they got a rule, and it's just always cut and dry. This is the way it is every single time. And these people just mess it up. They just mangle it. They're, and their lives are a wreck. It's like, I did everything the Bible said to do. Well, first off, no, you, actually, you probably didn't. But you did everything the Bible said to do in the flesh. And there is a difference. And some people just can't figure that out. Some people just can't figure that out. You know why? It's because they're being a Christian in the flesh. They don't have the Holy Spirit. And that's why it's one train wreck after another in their life. And all they've gotten out of the preaching they've listened to is a bunch of knowledge that has puffed them up. And, it's, and then they've got enough knowledge to do a lot of great damage with it. And that's not a good thing. Folks, we've got to be spiritual people. We've got real battles that we're going to be facing as a church. We've got real, I mean, spiritual things that we're trying to accomplish. And if we don't have any spiritual people, we're not going to get anything done. We're not, we're not going to get anything done. And I don't, want to be out, I don't want to be out here just spinning our wheels. I want us to actually get the job done. I want us to get it done right. And we'll do that when we are in the Spirit. And so I hope everyone will continue taking these things we've talked about in these messages and figure out how to develop some spiritual discernment in your life. You're not going to turn it on tomorrow. You got to develop it. It's going to take time, and the better you get at it, man, the more you're going to want to know about this kind of stuff because it will save you just untold trouble. And uh, and that, I think that should be every goal, the goal of everyone in here. So, with that, let's pray, dear Lord. We thank you so much for your word. I pray, Lord, that these messages will just uh, help everybody have a desire, Lord, to uh, develop their spiritual discernment. I pray you'll help us to uh, learn to practice these things and, and how to apply them, and just to daily stay dependent on you so we can make the right choices and uh, be successful in what we do. In your name we pray. Amen.